The key to the commanders is the defensive line. I don't know much about the defensive line, but I know a guy that does, Kedrick Golston, our special guest on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Let's roll. Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, indeed, Commanders fans, welcome aboard. Good to have you with us as we count you down to week one of the NFL season. We are your daily uh, podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the new WUSA 9 Plus app, your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C. They have a new streaming app that is a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Download the WUSA 9 Plus app from your Roku or Amazon Fire TV stick. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. No matter how you're joining us, we thank you for making us your first listen and or your first view of the day. David Harrison, off tonight. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. You can hear us 9 to noon Eastern time when we're not here or there. Twitter, dharrison82 for David. WrestleMania 621 for me, at LO Commanders for the show. LOC is brought to you by... Brightco. That's right. The Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance, guys. Brightco is giving you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 per month. Check out the special offer we have for Locked On listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash locked on. That's bright.co forward slash locked on. And with that, we say good evening to our pal. Kedrick Golston, longtime NFL veteran defensive end, 11 years in the league, played and started Georgia before, so I know he's a happy bulldog coming off of a national championship and an absolute butt-whooping of Oregon on Saturday, as he correctly predicted. I got to admit, I had Oregon plus the 17, and, well, I took a little bit of a bath. And Kedrick Golston, of course, is a guy who, again, played the defensive line for 11 years in the NFL, did it uh, with class and dignity, was one of my favorite guys to cover. Glad to say, I think, (laughs) if he still considers me a friend, that we're pals in his post-career, and he's always been so good to me. Uncle Ked, how are you, pal? I'm well, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good to see you, uh, and I hope your family and everybody is doing okay, and um, I, I guess I'll start with this before we get to Georgia, and we'll get to that in a l- little bit later on and, 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 and the game coming up. Uh, at this time of the year, after having played, again, 11 years in the NFL like you did, a former sixth-round pick, you know, um, four years, obviously, at Georgia before that, football your whole life. It, it, do you, at this time of the year, do you still get that itch, that urge, um, or have you been able to process it now and flush it out of your system where – you know, you're just excited for football, but not, oh, man, I really miss playing. You know, it, it's funny. Um, right around, you know, July 25th, 24th, when camp's starting, I, I tend to sweat a little bit more. I tend to uh, amp up the intensity on my workouts, want to get on the grass, do some running, things of that nature. But, uh, no, I mean, I still love the game. I still enjoy it. Uh, fortunately for me, I got two sons that have pretty much kept me busy uh, in the football world as far as coaching their teams and running them around places like that. So, um, I enjoy watching it, uh, have more respect for the guys that I, that do it day in and day out, uh, even more so. But, um, you know, just happy to still be a part of the game in any capacity I can. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. You did it again so well. Uh, and one of my favorite guys, as you know, to cover uh, for 11 years with the Washington NFL franchise. And, um, you know, I guess that's where we'll start, of course, with week one on tap here, Ked. Uh, yeah. And as we get going, um, I guess before we get to the nitty gritty, big picture, because I don't think you and I have talked about this in a while. Like, are, are you uh, excited? Are you optimistic? Are you nervous? Are you cautious? Like, what, what would you describe as your, I guess, overall temperature, if you will, about the 2022 Washington Commanders? Um, I'm extremely interested. You know what I mean? I think um, it, it's kind of funny being in this plan for this team for 11 years and now being in this market for going on 16 years. Um the team always seems to to surprise us when we don't expect much from them and then, you know, kind of have their ups and downs when, when we do kind of expect them to rise to the challenge based off of uh, previous seasons. So uh, I think there's a lot of unknown uh, with Carson coming in, um, you know, the, with, you know, some of the, the changes that they've had up front on the offensive line. And I believe just really trying to figure out who they are as a football team. I think Coach Rivera has done a good job of, Instilling his culture, you you do hear the same message out of the players' mouths when they're when they're being interviewed from different media outlets, you know. But ultimately, um, this is a results business, and and the quarterback is a very important uh, part of that. So I, I do believe um, this team will go how Carson goes, and hopefully, with the pieces they put around him on the offensive side of the ball, and hopefully the defense can gel under their uh, third year in the, uh, Jack Del Rio, um, that you know they, they can start to produce some W's on the field. Do you think the defense can significantly improve based on a lack? There weren't a lot of big changes made. Fedarian Mathis is obviously added, but Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settle leave. Uh, Chase is going to be back at some point, we hope, we think. Uh, but there weren't other, you know, major changes made. Uh, Percy Butler on the back end, I guess, via the draft. Can the defense be much better than it was last year at times? just simply by having extra time together, extra chemistry, extra communication, and rolling back basically the same unit? Because a lot of people can seem to doubt that about this defense. Well, you mean, Coach Rivera um, is, is a defensive-minded coach. Jack Del Rio, a defensive-minded coach. So these guys know defense, and they're in the building, and, and ultimately they want to win football games. These are extremely uh, competitive human beings. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, with bringing back the same unit because when you watch them throughout the year, um, you know, and sometimes they play really, really well and other times they play extremely poorly. And so where are they truly at in the middle of that? And I think the third year in this system, from a communication standpoint, they should be a lot better. I mean, William Jackson was a big-time free agent for this team last year. He's in his second year. Um, I believe with him, Kendall Fuller, um, and, and, and the rest of the guys – um, from a communication standpoint, hopefully we won't see some of the same breakdowns that we did last year in the secondary. And then in turn, that would help the, the front seven, you know, because when you see guys running free in the NFL, most of the time it's a communication, a, a busted coverage on the back end. Guys just are, are too good from a technique standpoint to to just let a guy run free. So more times than not, it's just a lack of communication, not understanding what it is you're trying to accomplish. You know what I mean? The, the frustrating thing uh, for us as fans and I know for them as players is that um, third down was a huge issue for them last season. And to see some of that 
uh, rear its head in the preseason, albeit in the limited sample size, it brings up uh, levels uh, of concern. But that being said, I thought, you know, in those plays when the starters played extended time against Kansas City, uh, Sweat, I thought, uh, had a good uh a good game when he was out there. I believe, you know, an inch one way or the other, that's a strip sack ball out. And, and, and how we're talking about this team going into week one is totally different. And so that's just the margin of error for difference between winning and losing in the National Football League. We're talking about one play and we would feel totally different if they would have got a three and out against Patrick Mahomes in that third, in that second preseason game. Yeah, you know, to your point, I, I think this is a better team than they often come off as, but it's the little things, the little just self-inflicted mistakes or maybe just being an inch or a hair off somewhere along the line, and maybe it's four or five times over the course of a game. And you know this, kid, right? A lot of these games are decided by one score or less, and that oftentimes uh, can be the difference. Um, I, I want to start transitioning into the defensive line, because that's obviously your area of expertise and strength more uh, than any other area, because you played it for, again, 11 years in the NFL so successfully, and of course at Georgia before that. Uh, this unit has made a lot of changes. Before we get to your former teammate, Ryan Kerrigan, a coaching change midway through training camp. No Chase Young. You mentioned Montez. You got Jonathan Allen coming back, and and, and he had a, a real breakthrough year. Deron Payne in his final year. Do you believe that there's you? Do you believe that this is a, a talent issue that maybe has led to some of the inconsistencies, or do you think it's just simply an execution issue and a consistency issue? Um, it's, it's definitely not from lack of talent. You know, I mean, you put um, you know, you put Sweat, Payne, Allen up against any. Uh, individual defensive player uh, in the NFL from a defensive line standpoint, and and they. And they add up, you know what I mean, outside of the Aaron Donalds and, and a few other guys. I mean, these guys that that I would argue would play for any team in the National Football League and, and not only, you know, and, and have a role on, on those defenses. So, you know, that being said, um, you know, it, it takes time to gel as a unit, you know what I mean? And I don't care what anybody says. When people are telling you how great you are and, you know, this time last year we were talking about breaking sack records and, you know, a top five defense, you know, those things are well said, but from a maturity standpoint, and you heard Coach Rivera say this, you know, you have to put the work in. And so kind of my motto is as a player and as a coach is when you do the simple things uh, great, you make extraordinary plays. And that's really where I think it's going to take this, this D line to take the next step is just understanding how to rush as a unit, um, understanding um, when Coach Del Rio calls a particular play. Now's not the time to run upfield. It's more of a time to, you know, sit back and squeeze and so on and so forth. Because just like offenses change from run personnel to pass personnel, you know, you have to be able to switch in and out of those modes from a defensive lineman standpoint also to understand that you have to earn the right to rush the passer, meaning that if you don't stop the run on, on first and second down or first down, you're not going to get the opportunity to rush the passer because I'm a firm believer in – um you can win a one-on-one -on -one pass rush and still not get a sack. And even if you got six or seven sacks in a game, we would all say that that's a great, a great game, which it is from a defensive standpoint. But what about the other 30 times that they throw the ball? And so you want to be able to impact the passer more than just getting sacks. Well, ultimately, that's, that's what these guys get paid to do. But moving the quarterback off his spot and not letting them get comfortable, you know, getting a hand up in the passing lane, those are all things that I believe, um, 
going into year three as a unit that they'll be able to work on and not not just going out there trying to make a play, not in a selfish way, but just understanding that, you know, there's a difference between making a play within the framework of the defense versus just going out there trying to make a play to make a play because ultimately offenses are too good. Um, there's very rarely that uh, quarterbacks and running backs and receivers miss opportunities for big plays. So just understanding how to play the game within the game. Like you said, Allen had a, a great year coming out, coming out of getting re-signed to a long-term deal. And, um, you know, Payne is, is up there in a contract year. So I, I expect big things from them. As a unit not speaking to them, um, you could tell they was frustrated. You know what I mean? These are guys that love football. You can tell by the way that they play. You can see them run to the ball. You can see their energy out on the practice field, but it's frustrating losing. And so I believe that um, through those growing pains that they had last year, hopefully there's some growth that's happened in there and that uh, they'll be able to move forward. And, you know, having a guy like Ryan Kerrigan back in the building, um, I thought it was a mistake not to re-sign him last year to play with these guys. You know what I mean? Because here was a guy that was still super productive as a player. But from day one, when he stepped foot in that building, he was the ultimate professional. You know what I mean? And so having a guy like him in the building for these guys to learn how to prepare, how to take care of their bodies, how to go to treatment, uh, how to work out, how to study film, and him being that he was, you know, he played with a lot of these guys, I do believe that he would, he'll be able to articulate it and say what the coaches are saying just in a different way so that these guys can hear it and that they can speed up the process. Because ultimately it's not like these, you know, Alan Payne and Sweat and, and, and Young, when they get back, are, are trying not to do what the, what the coach is asking them to do. It's just being able to re- relay that information in the heat of the battle. So I'm super excited, I'm happy for him and the opportunity that he has. I know he'll be excellent at it because like anything that he does, he's always worked his tail off and been super professional. I want to double down on that because you, again, know him as a teammate, and now we see his uh, you know, transition uh, when we return because I think that where you are going there is really uh, interesting for our, our, our viewers and our listeners. Kendrick Olsen, longtime NFL defensive lineman, 11 years in the league, uh, of course, at Georgia before that, uh, did it right, one of the best guys I got to know, cover, uh, and uh, always happy to have his expertise and his insight with us and as our special guest we'll come back with more on that but first guys it is chris russell here for our friends at brightco that's right the guys at brightco uh, you know look imagine this and 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 maybe some of you have had this experience before and just didn't know imagine a wedding proposal of your dreams you have a beautiful sunset you're on a pier the water is crisp near you have a nice breeze you don't forget a thing right you set it all up her friends are there her family is waiting but are they waiting for you to find the ring this is something that would happen to me wait what uh that's right That gorgeous engagement ring that you bought to celebrate your love fell out of a case when you were taking it out to present it to her, fell through a crack in the pier. Yes, it has happened. I'm sure it has happened to many out there. Um, And and then all of a sudden, what do you do? Well, you're screwed, right? Unless you took our advice to see the guys from Brightco Jewelry Insurance. Here's the deal. Brightco Jewelry Insurance will make you get a replacement for the full value of the ring, no matter what happened, Butterfingers. So if that's a problem for you, and it's always a problem for me, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to bright.co forward slash locked on to protect yourself, your future, and a bad omen 
for that happy future. It doesn't just have to be a ring. It could be that pricey watch or whatever you might have, piece of jewelry, what have you. You can get jewelry insurance, fine jewelry insurance for $5 a month and get it covered in two minutes on your cell phone. Don't hate insurance. Love it because we all need it. And now you can get it quicker than the commander season is going to go haywire. At bright.co forward slash locked on. All right, we welcome you back. Good to have you with us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast as we uh, are joined once again by Kedrick Golston of, uh, of course, NFL fame. 11 years in the NFL, uh, did a tremendous job, uh, obviously, Ked, with uh, the Washington NFL franchise, still in the area, so still very close. Uh, Ked, you mentioned at the end of our last segment uh, there that you think Kerrigan because he's played with them and what have you when you know I can't remember I I don't know if you played for guys that had storied careers I, you know I'm, I'm trying to think like Greg Blosh and 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 uh, the guy that Hazlitt had uh, and I I'm, I'm his name Jacob is Murray. there you go um like where where maybe you didn't play for a guy like Zganina who had a, a a successful NFL career um and now Kerrigan right do you think that matters that those guys played in the trenches played the game recently and can deal with not only the physical part and the X's and O's but also the mental psychology of today's players you know i you know i, I think um I don't believe you have to play the game to coach it. You know what I mean? I've had some excellent coaches that, you know, didn't play in the NFL, didn't play high-level college football. For me, it's all about when you diagnose a player, how do you fix that player? You know what I mean? And most of the times it's a small tweak here. It's a hand placement here. It's where your eyes at. It's all these different things um, that go into each particular play and so how fast as a coach can you identify that issue give it to that player so that they can fix that problem I believe you know with like you said coach Selena uh Kerrigan being there um guys that played at a high level for a long time being able just to see those small little details that that will make all the difference in the world a, a difference of getting a sack versus a pressure or a difference between a tackle for loss or a tackle for a two-yard gain is really I believe uh, the difference, you know, I mean, a lot of people can talk about scheme and what gaps to be in and, and what this blitz is supposed to look like. But from a technical standpoint, that's why I believe a lot of coaches separate themselves from the others. And I, you know, and I know based off of playing with Kerrigan for such a long time and, and, and even with uh, coach Selena playing 17 years in the league, you don't have those type of careers without attention to detail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're talking about guys that, um, you know, did it the right way, you know what I mean? And so there's an instant level of respect, um, not like, hey, I'm better than you, but I'm here to help you, you know what I mean? I've been in your shoes, and I want to see you maximize your gifts and your talent. And I think from a player standpoint, when you realize that, you know, the coach is there to help you, and, and, and if you play better, it helps the coach. And once that relationship is formed, it's really – you're really able to to move forward, understanding that we're all working to the, to the same common goal. You know what I mean? And I believe that any great player wants to be pushed, wants to be corrected, and wants to know how to do it better. Um, but you need to be able to have those answers for them quickly. You know what I mean? And Ryan was a guy who, um, you know, developed throughout his career, even though he was productive year in and year out. And so 
um, understanding those guys as a player, being in the locker room, understanding how they go about their business. I think him more so than anybody has an insight on to, hey, maybe you should think about doing it this way. Uh, you know, maybe you should change, you know, X, Y, and Z about how you approach it in, in other ways. And so I, I believe that he's coming from a, a service mentality, and I believe the players will really respond well to that. Does a coach have to bark? a lot to get his message across, or is it just the opposite? You know, you, again, 11 years, I don't need you to yell at me. I don't need you to bark at me. I don't need you to undress me, you know, verbally. I I need you to teach me, instruct me, help me, as opposed to barking and being loud, or even maybe not barking, maybe that's the wrong word, just really energetic and loud and, you know, cursing a lot or whatever. The style of coach, I guess, and the presentation, what's important there, Ted? I think as a coach, you got to be yourself. If you're a high-energy guy, if you're a rah-rah guy, you have to be that. What players want is consistency. If you're kind of even-keeled, you know, more underneath your breath, kind of teaching like a classroom type, that's who you need to be. You know, but ultimately, a coach has to understand what his players need at that moment. You know what I mean? If they need energy, you know, the coach needs to try to give it to them. If they need, you know, to have an arm around them, you know, so on and so forth, because ultimately it's about – how can I help my player? You know what I mean? And what we know is uh, in the NFL, people come from different backgrounds, different different situations. So um, any good coach should never just yell at somebody to yell at them. If the yelling is about teaching, correcting, and intensity, then, hey, you got to be all for it because this is a fast-paced business. This is a competitive, competitive business. And, and ultimately, coaches need to have guys that respond well to coaching, respond well to adversity, and, and, and understand that this is a business first and foremost. And so um, you need to have the right demeanor. So, you know, I, I've never been a component of, of demeaning a player because ultimately we're working with professionals. And as a player, I need to give all my effort and my attention to what my coach is doing. And as a coach, I need to make sure I put my player in the best situation. And so, you know, and obviously, you know, there's as a, as a player, some days, you know, your back is a little tight and your legs are sore and you might need, you know, for a coach to pick up the intensity on you a little bit and, and tell you to pick it up. And that's all, that's just human nature. You know what I mean? Ultimately, um, you know, people like to be pushed. They need to be pushed because if we're being realistic, what we're asking these guys to go out there and do every day is not a natural thing. So from somebody that has experienced it, both with their hand in the dirt and now in in the coaching room, um, I, I have total trust in, in that room that they'll be able to have those guys ready for Sundays. All right, coming up, Kedrick Golston. We finish up with him, 11-year NFL veteran. What does he think about Deron Payne going into a walk year and as well the number one overall pick in the draft, somebody that he knows quite well coming to FedEx Field uh, this Sunday. We'll do all that. Uh, but first, guys, it is Chris Russell here for our friends at Prize Picks and PrizePicks.com. That's right. You're looking for fun in a competitive fashion with football underway. Look no more. Want to introduce you to our friends at Prize Picks. What's Prize Picks and PrizePicks.com? Well, it's fantasy daily action there. You can make entries on, uh, and Prize Picks will allow you to challenge yourself on player projections, again, generated by our friends at PrizePicks.com. Here's what you do. You go to prizepicks.com, you pick between two and five players, and you go more or less on their statistical projections. So say this Sunday at FedEx Field, Carson Wentz, you want to go more than the 230.5 passing yards and take 
Jacksonville's Trevor Lawrence and go less than the 235.5 in passing yards. That's all you got to do, right? You need two players. But you could add Terry McLaurin going more than 57.5 in terms of his receiving yardage. Again, between two and five players at prizepicks.com, you go more or less. If you hit, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against others. You're simply competing against prize picks projections. They cover all sports, all sorts of different ways you can get involved in the action. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Yes, it's that easy, safe and fast withdrawals. They are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Here's what you do. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com, sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked on. Again, that's deposit $100. Price picks is going to give you 100 If you deposit 50 price picks is going to give you $50. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on and sign up for that instant deposit match now. All right. Back with Kedrick Goldston. We finish up uh, right here. Uh, and we appreciate uh, Uncle Ked for hanging out with us uh, in this midweek edition as we get you set for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Ked, uh, Deron Payne goes into a walk year. Um, fifth-year option and all that stuff. Like, we, we know he's got talent, right? I don't know if the consistency is quite there, what everybody wants it to be. How do you see Duran going into this year, and how motivating do you think the contract and that carrot potentially here or elsewhere will be for him? Well, you know, I, you know, I, I believe that, you know, as a player, he's continued to develop. You know what I mean? You're talking about a guy that I think when was drafted was – 20, 21 years old. So he's still relatively a young man, even though he's been here, you know, for four years. Um, you know, I expect big things out of him. You know what I mean? These were guys who coming out of Alabama were more than a three, four defense. They were a three, four when they got here. Um, and so that transition from, you know, a more up the field vertical type defense, you know, it takes, it takes a while to kind of understand what that feels like and, and how to go about approaching that, you know, week in and week out when you've been taught one way for so long. And so, um, hopefully, um, you know, he can have a big year, not only for himself, but for the team. But I ultimately think, um, the defensive line will have success as the team has success. And I say that, that the best teams play complementary football. You know what I mean? And so the best defenses, play the least amount of defense. One, because they're getting off the field on third down. And two, is because their offense are, is, are, are out there having sustainable drives, eating up the, eating up the time of possession. And so, you know, when offenses can eat up time of possession, you know, get a touchdown out of that, you know, opposing offensive coordinators get impatient and now they want to go out there and throw the ball. And so when you can play with a lead, it allows you as a defensive lineman, as a defense to kind of pin your ears back, knowing that they're not going to work. They're just running the ball to try to keep you honest. So you get those extra rush attempts, and that's essentially where the statistics come from. So, um, you know, I believe it's unfair um, when we've seen this defense alignment play, defense line play really well. You know, they've had six, seven, eight sacks in a game. But if it takes you to get eight sacks to win a game, that's probably not a formula that's designed for winning. You know what I mean? And I've heard the statistics, and I and I'm sure it still holds up. Is that offenses? You know, you hear offensive coaches all the time talk about timing, timing, timing. Quarterbacks are throwing the ball before receivers get out of their breaks. You could literally eliminate the offensive line off the field and put the quarterback in shotgun. And if, and if they're throwing quick game on time, the defensive lineman wouldn't get there with, without an offensive lineman on the field. 
Mm-hmm. And so I say that all to say that it's really hard to rush the passer, and that's why you have to essentially, you know, get quarterbacks and offenses to, you know, to get back and into their deep drop zone and so forth. And But then also understanding that when they are throwing the ball, that that quarterback's sitting anywhere between five and seven yards. And so it's irrelevant to run up the field at eight or nine or ten yards because he's not going to be there. And now you're creating step-up lanes and you're stressing out the, the pocket collapse, the interior guys. So um, it's easier just to keep them in the pocket. And, and, you know, when a guy wins, let them win and, and everybody gets their sack. But, you know, going back to Payne, you know, I, I believe that, you know, he does some things that doesn't show up in the statistical book as far as, you know, the way he plays the run, um, exploding off of double teams, covering down, so on and so forth. So I like where he's at as a player, and I do believe, um, you know, winning cures all. You know what I mean? And it's easy to focus on the bad plays when you're losing, um, and it's a lot easier to focus on the good plays when you're winning. So hopefully, you know, they can they can beat Jacksonville this week, and we won't be talking about the negative things, but more so the positive things, and they can be able to use that as a building block moving forward. All right, speaking of Jacksonville, they had the number one overall pick, and you know, they've been a lousy organization for a long time. They've spent, you know, gobs and gobs of money in free agency. Maybe it'll work this time with Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence. But Trayvon Walker was the number one overall pick. That was a late kind of, like, climb up the boards. But I know you're very familiar with him and that great Georgia defense because you're, again, a Georgia alum. Um you know, and I know you watched him. Who's coming to FedEx Field? What what is what is Commanders fans and and more importantly the Commanders offensive line going to have to deal with directly with Trayvon Walker in his first NFL uh, regular season game? I mean, I think he's just a big, powerful man. You know what I mean? And I think that's really where, from a physical standpoint, he jumped up the charts. Everybody knew he was a good football player, but when you have a man with his size, his speed, his explosiveness, um, with his measurables. Any coach in their right mind would want to do that. And so he's flashing the preseason, ton of power, ton of athleticism, you know what I mean? And so ultimately, you know, just like our uh, former number two overall pick, you know, it's going to be up to Walker to develop as a pass rusher, you know, do what he does great, and then how, to, how does he create a counter move off of that? You know, so ultimately, um, it's going to be a great game. Not only that, you know, Trevor Lawrence, is former number one overall pick, is coming out, you know, I think – uh, the consensus is everybody's just going to throw out last year because of the dysfunction they had in the organization. So I'm excited to see um, Doug Peterson, you know, in, in his offensive prowess, be able to go out there and see how he's going to go out there and attack the commander's defense because it, he's a guy that's, you know, former Philadelphia Eagles coach. He's familiar with his organization, with his talent. And, and Jacksonville spent a lot of money in, in free agency in the offseason. So uh, it's going to be exciting. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully the commanders can come out on top because, um, with so much buildup, you definitely don't want to start the season 0-1. And even though it doesn't ruin your season, it's just all this time and energy from the whole moment of the offseason, the training camp. It's been for week one, and so you definitely want to put your best foot forward. I have a million other questions, but, you know, we're out of time, and I don't want to keep you too long, so I'll leave it like this. Um, people can find you on Twitter, at Golston64, at Golston64, and also in the DMV area, Golston Real Estate, right? Absolutely, yeah. No, we service Maryland, D.C., Virginia, West Virginia. Um, so, you know, anything as far as real estate is concerned, we can help you out with it. What's the best way for them to go check you guys out, on the web? or Yeah, Ghost and Real Estate, uh, com. 
All right. Go check it out, guys, because Ked and his wife have uh, built a, a, a wonderful family and have established roots in the DMV area. He's one of the best guys, seriously, that I've ever covered. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're always able to stay in touch and, and get a hold of each other. Uh, Ked, you've always been great to me. I know we usually have a lot of yuck yucks and laughs. We'll do that another time. Uh, we had a little too much serious football that we had to get to, but I always appreciate it. Congratulations on Georgia spanking Oregon on Saturday. Uh, again, you're all Always right. I got well, always and, right. And I tell you this: you, you make sure you let your body, your buddy Grant Paulson, know that um, you know he needs to eat those words. And I'm and I'm expecting him to text me that he was wrong um, <laughs> because he personally attacked not only me as a person but my university yeah, and all nation. <laughs> he's he's going to defend himself by saying I'm a Georgia Listen, fan. He's I, not a Georgia fan. His his new name is Buckeye Paulson. Grant Buckeye Paulson. He's a northerner. My guy. Catch you the You're the best, buddy. I appreciate you. All the, all the love of the world to your family, and I'll talk to you real soon, okay? Have a good one, Chris. All right. That's Kedrick Golston, 11-year NFL veteran, joining us here uh, for this extended edition of the Lockdown Commanders podcast. And that is going to wrap it up. Uh, David will be back with a full episode and a crossover Thursday episode coming up uh, right here. We want to thank you guys for making the Lockdown Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view uh, of the day. Now, for your second listen and view, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 and eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network. That's us. We're going to be up later on this week. We'll give you all the details, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets. All combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for Ultimate NFL Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to jump in, it's 301-615-3577 on the voicemail or Locked On Washington Commanders at gmail.com. For David Harrison, who will be back with, again, that crossover Thursday episode as we get you set in detail for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he's normally covering the Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation and Commander Country. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Her Show on the Team 980, 9 to noon, Monday through Friday, and on the Odyssey app. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to Kendrick Olston, and thanks for again joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast.